Cheers, right before we start. Hell yeah. I got a shot ready to go, so. Damn. Bro, where's yours at, buddy? Yes, sir. Hey. Cheers, <laughs> yes, fellas. sir. Walking up bourbon and bud MMA, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. After a long day, you just need a big old sip of that. That's right. Makes it, makes it worth it. I know. All right. Let's hop right into it. Um, just got done with the weekend. We had uh, Jan versus Dwalshvili. I don't know how the fuck say his name. Um, yeah, you pretty much said it right. The gremlin. Um, <laughs> you know, as much as I wanted um, Jan to win, I was so happy for the guy. Like, his post-fight interview, like, I was, I was happy. When he was like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Like, I had the chills going down my body. I'm like, oh, man, this little Mitch is really doing it out there. I love this guy. How hungry is he if he doesn't want to fight for the championship belt? Because there's been a lot of fighters in the past that's fought their best friend, so he ain't that hungry. That's all I'm going to say. Were they really their best friend, though? Little boy needs to go down to 125. He said he can make it go down there, see how he fare. That or he can go to – we can get Aljo in 145. Yeah, I want that. I want to see the Aljo get. I want to see Aljo get absolutely destroyed. So yes, I'd love that. If Aljo loses, um, if Aljo loses against Cejudo, I mean, it's pretty much no question that he's gonna he's gonna move up. I would say he's already talking. He's already flirted with it, but I think he does um, either way. I could see that. I I could see that's a hard Um, cut for that guy, bro. You know, he walks around at like one eighty five, one ninety. Yeah, like one eighty. That's stupid as hell, bro. That's crazy. That's stupid. That's they, like fighter, 60 that's pounds. Why, well, that's why fighters get injured all the time. Like, yeah. If you notice fighters who cut a lot more get injured a lot more. And know. I mean, you know, people people don't like him. And I'm not even I'm not talking about his skill here, but notice how like guys like Colby Covington who don't cut that much weight never really get hurt. They don't get injured. Yep. Because they just don't cut that much weight. But he also, exactly. you know, you know. Let's go of a size advantage, obviously. Like, you look at him versus Kamara Usman, and you see Usman looks like a fucking monster next to him because right. he doesn't cut weight like everybody else does. But it, it definitely keeps you healthier as far as just, you know, avoiding injuries. But, I mean, weird injuries. The card in general uh, was pretty good. While we're at it, want to go ahead and give a shout-out to our guest today, uh, Ro, our boy Ro. He's on uh, Twitter at uh, Romelo Reyes. Uh, he's an MMA writer for MMA Sucker. He's the homie. Um, me and him would disagree on some takes quite a bit, but he's he's that he's that boy. He's uh he's very versed in the regional scene. Um, knows what the fuck he's talking about. So uh, definitely give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, like I said, at Romelo Reyes. Uh, it's R O E M E L L O. R E Y E S. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Nah, you nailed it. Cool. I kind of right. you, not gonna lie, but appreciate <laughs> you, man. 
Yes, sir. Appreciate you joining us on the podcast. Uh, glad to have you here. Um, I think the next one on that was, oh, man, that was that fight. It was Rafael Asuncial versus Davy Grant. Yeah, talk man. about that of the year. Some of the year. <sighs> yeah, it's going to be some of the year. It's going to be comeback of the year, but I'm just still torn apart that they uh, – that they that they did that at the last <laughs> second of the fight, but we're gonna talk about like more consistent rules later on in the podcast, so I won't get into it too much. But regardless of what the ref did, that was one of the craziest comebacks submissions I've ever seen in my life. He did have him very very hurt going going into that. To be fair, he hurt him very bad. I think late in the second even, but definitely in the third round. Um, so I mean, you know, shit happens. It was a hell of a it was a hell of a comeback, hell of a submission, one of the craziest finishes I've ever seen in my entire life. So, you know, what can you do? But inverted triangle, bro. Yeah. That was that like, sh- the way he slid into that shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> one of like four or like, five no times that's ever happened. No way he gets it, but he did put that man to sleep. He went to Man. sleep so fast, too. So fast. Like, he was out. <laughs> that thing, that I think like, it was – Go ahead. I, know, I don't – well, I was, was going to say, I don't think I've seen a reverse triangle hit like that so tight and put somebody out. Like, I mean, he hit it just – like, it slid in like a fucking glove, dude. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It. I mean, that couldn't have – it was like sliced butter. It, was, it couldn't have gone any, any smoother than that. But we'll touch more on some of the – Entis in that fight later, I guess. But uh, next up, Vitor Petrino versus Anton Turcali. I think his name is Turcali. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the pleasure man. Yeah, the pleasure man. Oh, kissed, I was so happy he lost. Uh, yeah, he's a fucking douchebag. I love that nickname, though, man. When he walked out to bring in sexy back and just I mean, had that stupid-ass look on his face, I just wanted to slap him. I, just I, want him, I want to see him in Dana White's power slide. That's what I want to see. <laughs> there I want to see him in there. <laughs> oh, I just see how he don't, like... don't hold it past him. He might. Yeah, he <laughs> might. He needs to. He can't fight, so. Bro, he's, he's going to have to go. got paid fighter the night, so he probably won't even need to. That's right. That's no, I was going to say – I was gonna say that he need the he'll have to find a different slap league because Dana White shit got canceled. So you guys see that? Pretty happy about well, that. it's going to that uh, social media platform, but it did get canceled from TBS. Yeah, it's not gonna. Yeah, What did that one dude say, dude? That one uh, pleasure boy. He was like the only thing that he needs to worry about is that he's not as handsome as me. Oh, God, dude. That shit pissed me off. I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait till you lose, boy. No, you know what? That was the one. That was yeah. the one I was, like, kind of shocked that there was no 10-8s because bro got fucking mauled for, he like, one. I think he got one 10-8s. I thought he good, had two. I thought he had two. I thought he had two. But, no, no, I mean on the judges' scorecards, he had like there was like one, I think one judge gave, yeah, one judge gave him a 10 8. Okay. Okay. But which I was, he which I was two, I thought. He should have had two. Yeah. I don't know. But uh um that was a good fight. I mean, you know, Vitor, uh, he's got to work on the cardio. He definitely overswings his He's a great, he's a great fighter. Like and he's, he's chiseled, a, bro. Well, he's a real problem. He's the only problem right now, really, that I can think of coming up like 
crazy at uh, light heavyweight. Light heavyweight. That, yeah, that. That's sad. If he fig- yeah, I know it's, it is. Hold on, sad, let me but, look. Then he yeah. fight middleweight. He fight middleweight, didn't he? No, yeah, no, that light, was, heavyweight. Uh, light heavyweight. Because Turkali's last fight was heavyweight, but um, uh, right. my thing is like with with Petrino. If he would just like the commentators were saying, the commentators suck half the time, but they were saying like if he would just slow the fuck down, like slow down, yeah. and he was looking for that finish. Throw some jabs, like throw some jabs, dude. You don't have to throw fucking. This is not UFC four. You don't have to throw hook after hook and overhand after overhand. Like you can slow it down and and just because he has the talent, you can see his striking is there, but. He just wants to overthrow a whole lot, and it just it wears him out. I mean, it's gonna wear anybody out doing that, especially when you miss. So, but if he slows down and like figures out how to throw a jab, and I mean, dude, to be fair though, like that guy Turkali has a fucking chin. He got oh, hit yeah. with some some shots that would have sent most people to the shadow realm. So props to that dude for his chin. I am a hundred percent sure he had a headache the next day, but uh, that was rough. I mean, dude, he took like a couple like off balance shots that like knocked his head back in a way that most people like go to sleep from, or at least fall down. He didn't even fall down really. It was crazy, but Vitor Petrino, he's a problem. It was like that on contender series. Yeah. So I was contender series, but he had no head movement, no defense whatsoever. Just bobbing around. Um next fight on that card was Mario Batista versus Guido Canetti. I mean Mario Mario Batista is just a dog. I love Mario Batista, bro. I don't I think that. <laughs> I don't know if anybody in here picked Guido Canetti, but if you did. You know, you need to have you need to look in the mirror. In my opinion, <laughs> but that was a rough one. I mean, he was my minus... a tough dude. Oh, Rogue picked Guido. No, no, no. I was gonna say five percent of people picked Guido. Oh, okay. okay. First round submission. That's a lock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a lock now. That's three in a row. I think I picked that first round submission too. Or no, I think I picked like third round submission. But um, yeah, I mean, come on. Guido Canetti is just an old man. He's never been that good. Um, 43, Batista, bro. Oldish. Yeah, dude. Mario. Yeah, he's like one of the oldest fighters in the UFC. Mario Batista is just a dog, too. So, I want to I see mean, Mario Batista against Adrian Yanez in the bantamweight division. Because Adrian Yanez is, what, 15-14? And Barney Batista needs to get in the rankings. I love both fighters, but I love Adrian Yanez more. Do I know <laughs> who's going to win off the top of my head yet? No. That's going to be a fucking banger of a fight. It makes sense. I mean, no. Yeah, they fight in a month. Yeah, Adrian Yanez and Rob Font, they fight uh, at 287 next month. No, I know. But what I'm saying is, like, that would have been a good fight. Oh, yeah, I'm saying in the future, for sure, it would be nice to see. Yeah, 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 Batista's only lost to Sandhagen and uh, Trevin Jones. Those are two not bad losses. Sandhagen's really good. (laughs) Trevin Jones is kind of middle, isn't he? Uh, He's had some ups and downs. Wait, isn't that yeah, the he's one a guy that just fought Cody Garbrandt? He's talented. Yeah, he no, that was... yeah, yeah, he I just lost to Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of Trevin, Trevin Giles. Yeah, Trevin Giles. What, he's middleweight or some shit. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, yeah, he's 
I have your weight. But uh, next up on that card, we had Jonathan Martinez versus Saeed Narmagomedov. Um, I know what Alex thinks about yeah. that one. Fuck uh, you, bro. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> I don't know, Mexico. dude. Viva the Salvador, dog. Fuck all y'all motherfuckers doubting my boy. I don't know. I thought Saeed won, but it was a close uh, fight. No, it was a close bad, fight, bro. Uh, That's it was a close I can't be fight. No, All right. It, this is the thing. It could have gone either way. Be let's be truthful, right? Could go mm-hmm. either way. I, it, let's not be biased mm-hmm. on either one. Damn no, it is yeah, the biggest sure. criteria at the end of the day. Jonathan Martinez did do more damage. That's for damn sure. Jonathan Martinez actually but, had the most finishing attempt too. The most threatening so, attempt is what I'm trying to say as well. Yeah, my thing was though. He did more. He did like a lot of damage in one round, and it's a round by round scorecard. It's not a you don't you don't judge a fight by the whole fight in general. You judge a fight by like round by round. He did a lot of damage in one round, and he definitely won that round. But I thought it was 29-28, Saeed. But like I said, it was so close that I wasn't mad at the decision. You can't. Nobody can be mad at that decision either way. Nah, everyone thought it was gonna fight, be out so. of one round. Two rounds at most, everyone said. That was a big – those were all the locks and the bets. Fuck all that <laughs> shit, man. Oh, dude, I he said – I said Saeed's second round respect. He Ro had, had zero uh, respect before the fight. Roe had Martinez via decision on verdict, I think. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah Roe – Yeah, Roe no, was, no, was my was man that shit, night, bro. Verdict. I, I, I slipped off towards the end, but, but, but then I was – I think I was in my bag for a little bit, you know? You know, <laughs> he, he's feeling. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Yeah, that was nah. That was. I, weird. I, yeah, I, felt, had, I felt Saeed wasn't gonna be. Um, he's not really like a like a point fighter. Like when he was fighting Kakramanov, he was hunting for the submission. I felt like he wasn't gonna get that. I feel like the opportunities weren't gonna be there as much. I mean, Kakramanov is a grappler, wrestler, I should say, and he wrestled him. And then got his his neck caught when he thought he was safe. Um, I didn't feel like Martinez was going to give him those opportunities. He was in some close, you know, moments, and I did not think he was winning it going into the decision. But shoot, I'll take it. Sure, he too. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that was a good one, man. Uh, up next, we had Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Span. I called this one like a lie. Um, I thought Krylov had it. I thought Brian Spann has been a bum for the longest. <laughs> um, he is a I bum, mean, the, bro. The guy got like <sighs> Anthony Smith is that man's father, so that's right. That's right. So, bro. um, it's rough out there. I don't know. Yeah, it is rough out rough there. Out it's there. rough out there for a man named Ryan Spann for sure. Um, See, that first for Dominic Reyes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And Krylov, I mean, obviously we didn't see much of him, but he looked good in that fight. I mean, it was pretty quick, pretty quick mm-hmm. finish. So, I mean, I kind of – I didn't expect it to get finished that quick, I'll be honest. I thought it was going to be like a first-round uh, knockout or something. He ended up submitting him. Um, so Yeah, Krylov by submission. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. What did he catch I think him he... again? A triangle. Oh yeah, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Right out of yeah. Paul Craig's book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you yep. got somebody's like, I'm gonna try this shit out for myself. Has he, he ever been with Paul Craig? 
He has a lot of submissions on his career. That's his 16th submission win on his career. Carlos, yeah. He's got, yeah. Like, aren't, most of, aren't most of his – most I was going to say most of his uh, wins are by finish. Like, he only has, like, two or three decisions or some shit. It's, like, very low, if I remember Yeah, two right. decisions, 12 KOs, and uh, 16 submissions. He's um, fucking slick with it, man. He's got – his first. Well, hell, that might – I think that was his first triangle finish, though. Y'all ever see that? Uh, that was his first triangle finish. And yeah, sixteen submissions. Wow, that's nice. Let me pull this up real quick. Y'all ever see Krilov. Y'all ever see that picture of uh, Krilov in the fucking uh, fedora in the jacket with the gloves on? That shit. He like he so his team right took this fucking picture. I wish I could show you guys, but uh, took okay, this no, picture. One second. Uh, so I look up the picture and just look up the grill. It'll probably, if you just look up his name, it'll be one of the first pictures of Popo, probably. But uh, his team took this picture. I'm just going to search Fedora. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah. If you just look it up, it's like the first one. But yeah, his team took this picture, right? And um, he wanted it like to be this big fucking thing. So they called every like sport or every uh, MMA website that has like a profile on fighters. So like Tapology, um, Sure Dog, you know what have you. They called like they got a hold of them and they told that they told those people make that my fighter profile picture on every <laughs> website. And that's what. They, and that's what. That. They, <laughs> <laughs> it's still Dude, the funniest shit. And if you go, I think you can go on SureDog, it's still his fucking, I'm pretty sure. Like, I'll, I'll go right now, but I feel like it is. That's funny. Yeah, it's just, I found that. It's a little, so, for all the people who like random MMA facts, there you go. Nah, they, they changed it, <laughs> bro. Damn, did that shit. Yeah, because it's like, oh, you can't see. I'm not even going to cry. No, nah, you're all good, man. I'm looking it up right now. That sucks. Yeah. yeah, damn, um, it's more... Mo- Dude, he looks like he's lost a shit ton of weight. Like, he lost the baby fat from that first picture. For real. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Next up, we had... Uh, oh, you know, this is going to be really sad for Knuckles here, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had uh, Alexander Volkov versus uh, Alexander Romanov. Uh, um, and Knuckles was quite... Knuckles was quite the confident... <laughs> Let's let Knuckle talk about it, bro. Yeah, I just want to hear yeah. your thoughts. I'm I with you. I'll let you speak because I, I picked them too. So going into the fight before I saw it, like I would have immediately if I'd watched the weigh-ins, I would have changed my answer. Eat fucking immediately. I didn't know. So I was expecting, you know, the last fight, oh, man, he's getting into shape. Like he looked really fucking good against uh, Tybora. He just didn't have the gas tank. Um, So I was like, you know, he's going to keep working on it, have a gas tank, whatever. And, uh, yeah, no, um, I didn't see the weigh-ins. So when I saw him walking to the ring and I saw what he looked like, I was like, oh, I was like, well, um, yeah, like in my head, I was kind of doing an internal scream because I was like, oh, this isn't going to be good because he's going to gas in like five seconds. Well, he didn't even have to gas. Well, he did actually. He did gas. If you, He was breathing super fucking heavy by the end of it. But. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you were right about him not disguising his entries, but I figured he could do like 
any good grappler and just make it fucking work. Because that's what, like, Hamzat's caught some really bad takedowns and still completed them. You know, I've seen Shavkat complete some pretty sloppy fucking takedowns too. So I was like, okay, Romanov's just going to power through this, which I will say this, there was a cage grab. And there was cage like grabs all night, bro. And it looked mm-hmm. like, and it almost looked like he was on his way to taking him down before the cage grab. That's why the cage was grabbed. But honestly, I think he would have fucking gassed out either way. Like he would have laid on top of him and been like, fuck, now what do I do? I don't have enough energy to do anything. So basically what I'm going to say is Alexander Romanov, until he gets out of his head and whatever's going on in his fucking head, he's not even going to be, he'll be top. He might be just outside the top 15. That's about it. I don't I see don't him know. beating anybody in the top 10. Like I, I could see he could beat like, like Rosenstroik, but he's not beating like Jelton Almeida. You know, yeah. so oh Lord no. But when he I mean <laughs> he doesn't the, the dude can't strike. He can't strike for shit. No. He doesn't even try. All he does is shoot for tech. That's what I said. His entries are just trash. His entries are trash. He just lunges for fucking takedowns because he can do it to his coach after he wins a fight. He can yeah, just pick yeah. him up and slam him down. He thinks he can do that to every other heavyweight in the UFC heavyweight division, and he can't. And he's like, oh, he, he shoots one takedown. And it doesn't work. And he's like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I'm fucked. It's over. It's over. It's over. And then he, like, somehow runs out of energy without actually doing anything um, and gets TKO. Yeah. That's just how it's going to go until he figures – his shit out. And you know, Knuckles, I told you, I've, I've been, like, I was on the Romanov hype train. I want him to be good so bad because he seems like such a fun dude. And, like, the way he just, like, slams his coaches after every time he wins, it's fun to watch. He's a fun guy. Yeah. But he yeah. is horrible at anything other than just, like, strict, like, judo wrestling. But – you can't – he can't he, – he just – his entries are horrible. He can't get people down yeah. to the ground unless they're, like, horrible. I mean, he got a forearm choke finish on somebody. When has that ever happened? Ever. No, yeah. it's not happened. Yeah. He got the first forearm choke submission oh, yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, that's his third in his career. <laughs> I know it is. But <laughs> let me let me see where those other two guys that he did it to are right now in their careers. Sure. Let's see about look, that. Let's look. I'm interested. Yeah, let's see about that. John Gregor. He is 10 and 5. A. That's that's almost like JJ Aldrich. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. Yeah, he, he's doing nothing. Next. <laughs> uh, we got Yuri Gorbenko, who's 12 and 37 when he fought him. He awesome. finished 12 and 50. So he got okay. a couple more losses. Yeah, he got a few. couple more. It. Just a couple more. Damn, dude. Just a few. Yeah. Three. So, so those guys are doing great. The ones that he finished with with forearm chokes. Um. I wonder where. Yeah. Wonder where he'll be in five years. But we'll see, man. I want him to succeed, but I don't think he will. He's had every He's opportunity to, he at has, this point. He has to find motivation. Like that is yeah. that is the only thing that I can say. Like he can't Volkov. come in. To, to, I don't want to discount Volkov's performance either. That man, he's always been a beast, but, like, mm-hmm. he's kind of like – you know, it's funny. He's kind of like the, the like, Roman Kapilov of the light heavyweight division or, like, the Nikita oh, yeah. Krylov. <laughs> he's like 
he always gets almost there, but he doesn't yep. get quite there. Like the Volk, he's like the Volcanoes the mirror of the heavyweight division. He just really? gets almost there, but he can't quite like jump the gap. He just when he fights like high level strikers, it seems like he just shuts down. And he it's weird because he is a striker, but he strikes much better against like wrestlers because he's I would say he's pretty good at takedown defense, but I don't know, man. It's weird. It's weird. He's a, he's a weird guy. He's, he's getting slow with age, too. I think that's affecting his striking a lot, too. Because if you look when he is striking, I feel like his, his punches are so telegraphed. Like, he yeah. just – he's lost a step. I will say, again, how good is Romanov? But, like, he looked really good in everything. Like, everything he did to take down defense was on point. You know, you, you can you – can, discredit Romanov as much as you want, like his poor performance, but you also have to give credit to Volkov to like being like, I know exactly what you're going to do. And he said that in the po- he said as much in the post-fight interview. He said, yeah, I knew exactly what he was going to do because that's all he ever does. It's pretty much what he said. So being that prepared against, you know, when you're a fucking kickboxer and you're fighting a wrestler and a guy that's supposed to be the high level wrestler that Romanov is, you know, you can train, 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 but if they're a good enough wrestler, you're going to get taken down. But obviously, Volkov trained fucking enough because I think he learned from that Aspinall loss. He doesn't like getting taken down. So <laughs> he learned to grab the cage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did, bro. Yeah, he did. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to look up now because you mentioned something interesting. You said that Volkov was like getting there in age. He's 34, but he's fought a lot. Yeah. He oh, is. yeah. He's in kickboxing, too. He's in kickboxing. It's a fire that. And he's 36 and 10 in MMA. Like he a lot of mileage on the kickboxers who got like a small record in MMA. He, he's done it. And yeah, like I'm kind of like, you know, you know that website Fight Matrix. I wanted to see what his uh what his fight age is. You know how they have that little stat? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh god. His, his combat age or something. I forget what it's called. Do, does they have it? Yeah, they have it. Cool, He's got a really cool back tattoo, at least. Dude, that tattoo is sick. Fuck. Dude, so, I was gonna. So I was gonna do. I was gonna do. Uh, you know those Pokemon evolutions that things that I do on uh, Twitter or whatever. Yeah. I was gonna do one. It was gonna be Hooker then him because they have the same fucking back tattoo. But it, not, <laughs> not only that, they look. They do the same. They have the same fighting style and they look similar. So it was gonna be Hooker him, and then I had to find a third fighter that looked like him, and I couldn't. It either have to be a lower or heavier weight class. I just couldn't remember. Yeah, but that's going to be the next Pokemon evolution on Twitter because <laughs> it's definitely yeah. That's it because they both fight similar and have similar tattoos. So, so so Volkov's um, combat age is forty six, which is yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like it could be worse. Yeah, that's I not. It was in the fifties and sixties on this website. Yeah, as I said, I could see it. I mean, dude's fought. I guess the next thing we're talking about is uh, like more liberal 10 a rounds. Yeah, so, yeah, a quick conversation, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I like I've said, I've said this a lot. I've been saying this for a long time. I feel like 10 a rounds need to be a whole lot more uh, common in the UFC. MMA in general, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I watch a lot of, like, the regional stuff and how they do 10-8s and stuff. But uh, 10-8 rounds in UFC are, like, hard to come by. I mean, 
like kind of what I was saying in the uh, the uh, Vitor Petrino and Anton Turcali fight. I don't know how you don't score some of those fight or some of those rounds, 10-8s. I know somebody said that that I think one like judge scored one, judge. one round, but we've got to figure out something because it's so inconsistent. It's so inconsistent how they do that. And I mean, if you dominate somebody for a whole round, even if they like say like you you get some takedowns, and I feel like a defense for not scoring a 10-8 round is somebody like eventually gets up. Like maybe not right away, but eventually gets up from the takedown. But if you take them back down and start hitting them more again, and they don't, they don't, you know, present any offense. How how is that not a ten eight round? I just don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know. I want to hear y'all's takes on that. Well, Knuckles, what do you think on that? So, <clears throat> boxing scores. I'm going to use boxing analogy on my on my. So boxing scores 10-8 rounds when somebody gets knocked down. You get a knockdown, that it's automatically a 10-8 round. That person could be beating your fucking ass for four minutes and 49 seconds of that round. You get knocked down in the last 10 seconds, it's a 10-8 for you. That's just how it goes. It's how, like, unless I think the only time that it's different is if you're absolutely – I mean, just getting beat the fuck down. But I'm pretty sure nine times out of ten in that situation, even if you got knocked down, it's a 10-8. It goes – so my thing in with UFC, I'm not gonna say every knockdown should be a 10-8 because there's some fights people get knocked down quite a bit, you know. Um at the same time though, I don't know. It, it I think it depends. Like I think I like how they score it, but at the same time, I am on the train of I think they do need more 10-8s so we wouldn't have these stupid fucking split decisions, you know? Because there are some times where people, like, they'll be waxing that ass for a whole round. A good example that should have been a 10-8, and I don't know how it was, and we were talking about the man earlier, but Alexander Romanov versus Marcin Tybrera. I don't know how you don't score that first round of 10-8 because uh, Romanov had control time for, I'm pretty sure, like, I think it was like 85 to 90% of that round. And Tybora did not land one single strike, not one strike in that whole round. And Romanov landed like like 40 or 50 something. Don't quote me on it. And they scored a 10-9. I don't like it. It still blows my mind how you don't score that. But then like I've seen other rounds where I don't know, like I think they scored back. Bad example, but like one of the Glover rounds was a 10 8 and it was all standing on the feet. And like Glover was hitting it back, like Jamal was getting hit, but they still scored it a 10 8 for Jamal. If you can score that a 10 8, how the fuck do you not score somebody getting absolutely shut out an entire round while being punched in the fucking face and not landing a single strike? How do you not score that a 10 8? Doesn't make sense. That yep. needs to be consistent. Like they need, they need to fucking come together, put something together and develop something to differentiate between what a 10 like they need a more clear cut like boxing they got to come up with something like you know maybe not certain times or like certain amounts or of whatever you know control whatever but they got to come up with something to well be like okay this constitutes tonight the thing about it is in my opinion is they only consider grappling a lot of the times in tonight's they only consider like yeah. hold you down from the start and the other person like to, to concede a 10-8, the other person can't even – like, if you throw a punch, if you throw one single punch and even connect, like, a jab, they're not going to call it a 10-8, which is fucking stupid. Like, if you get absolutely dominated, 
it, like that's my thing. It needs to be more consistent, but it needs to be more consist consistently liberal yep. as far as as far as ten eights go because we barely get we barely ever get ten eights in uh in UFC in the MMA period. But did y'all even know? Like most people even know ten sevens are possible. Yeah. But they yeah, that has happened. never happened. I mean, yeah, it's, it might have happened like once or twice, but that's the thing, like if if a ten seven is possible you have to make 10-8s way more liberal because 10-9 rounds just don't work in the long run, especially where we're going with MMA because everybody's getting so good. You don't have, like, fighters that are really good at striking or fighters that are really good at wrestling. You have fighters coming up now that are, like, good everywhere. So you're going to have some some rounds that need to be 10-8s to avoid draws, and they just don't call them ever, ever. I don't know. I don't know, man. It seems stupid, but whatever. Ro, what do you think about that? Um, so as far as 10-7 rounds go, I feel like that's a really interesting point because how many times have we said that fight should have been stopped? You know what I yeah. mean? And although, like, you know, you have to score by round, like sometimes it's like we'll look at it like an entire fight, like all rounds put together and be like, yeah, all that was leading nowhere. That fight should have been stopped. Or sometimes we actually do see a dominant round. And we'll see like somebody who should have got 10 7. The only one I've, I don't really look into the decisions that much because I don't really agree with like how they determine a fight should be won. I don't know. I grew up watching a lot of fights in school. I think I know what determines the winner of a fight sometimes better than judges, but that's just me. Um, with that being said, though, um, yeah, I feel like. I just feel like um, we should probably give out more 10-7s the next time we we think of a fighter that should have uh, had their fight stop, like Jessica Andrade versus Lauren Murphy. Yeah. 30-24 or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, Alex, what do you think about that? Um, I just think there needs to be, like, an established – criteria on what actually determines a 10-8 or a 10-7 or 10-9 because at the end of the day there's some fights that they're going to give out the 10-8 because these judges are fucking trash right that don't that shouldn't be 10-8s and then there's other fights where they're giving 10-9s out just because like you said just because somebody landed one clean jab and it snapped his head back but the other guy has three minutes, 58 seconds of control time, two submission attempts, fucking gushed his fucking eyebrow open. But it's still a 10-9 win. So yeah, at the man. end of the day, it's weird as shit. Dude. It's, you, we're always, always, always are going to complain about how these judges are trash, right? So to go ahead and avoid that, we need to have an established criteria, yeah. right? Because yeah. I guess the only is, established established thing we have is is the damage criteria because you can't fucking deny damages it shows all right there right so we just need something more established like you said i mean i would like to see it more uh liberally coming out more 10 eights of course but until there's something established out there with the real written out criteria of what determines yeah. that 10 eight like there is in boxing it's, we're just, we're just going to ha have hopes and dreams. They need to establish something. But it's hard, though. Like, I don't know. To to establish, like, a 
Because in boxing, you know, not like y'all have been saying, a knockdown is like a 10-8. But in MMA, it's hard really to establish a criteria because there's so many different elements that go into mixed martial arts that don't go into boxing. Oh, yeah. So it's it's tough. It's a, it's a hard one. I know it's a hard conversation to have, and it's it's even it's even better for debate because our sport, like the one that we follow, is still in such infancy. Like people think, you know, thirty years old for a sport is long, but most of these other sports have been around for hundreds of like hundred plus years. So. Oh, 30 yeah. plus yeah. years is infancy. So it's, we're still learning as we go, I feel like. But I, I there definitely needs I mean, to hey, be. Some... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, man. I was going to say a lot of those uh, older sports you're talking about are still having rule changes today. NBA is 100. It's been like since the 1880s or 90s since basketball has been around and rules have changed and like now they're yeah. adding more and more rules baseball starting at baseball is like the oldest sport in america yeah. well aside from i mean soccer or whatever but and it's still having rule changes today so yeah, yeah. i mean i think I, I don't think you're ever gonna get you're never gonna get to perfection but no i think there's a middle ground between my my view of it and alex's view of it where Alex thinks, you know, there should be like a standard uh, criteria. I think there should be a right. mix of that and a mix of subjectivity, but I think the sub subjectivity should be way more liberal because we don't get near enough eight, 10, eight rounds. And that's just a fact. Like, I don't know that anybody could argue that we just don't get enough 10, eight rounds because <laughs> some of these rounds, and that's what I'm saying. Like Alex agreed with me there. If you land one like good jab on somebody and snap their head back, but then they come back and like land like two or three counter, like two or three hooks or an overhand and knock you down, and then you know have 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 control time for another two and a half, three and a half minutes, that that shouldn't be that one jab that snapped their head back should not be enough to warrant a ten nine round in my opinion. But I don't know. Yep, mm -hmm. I agree. Topic. I agree. But that, that's the thing. If that happened today, like, say, like, early in the round, like, let's just say this weekend, Kamara Usman snaps uh, snaps, snaps Leon Edwards, like, with a nice jab, and it snaps his head back, and then Leon Edwards backs up for a little bit. But then Leon doesn't – or uh, Usman doesn't really land much else, and then uh, – Edwards puts nice, like puts together a nice like combo, knocks him down, and gets on him, and uh, lays some ground and pound, just controls him for the rest of the round. No judge is going to score that ten eight because Kamara Usman landed that that jab to snap his head back like exactly. in the first thirty that's seconds in the first thirty seconds of the round and made him back up, and that's the problem. That's that's yeah, not. For sure. He landed one good shot. And backed him up and then got dominated for the rest of the round. But because it wasn't a complete and total annihilation of the round, they're not going to score it at a 10-8, which is so stupid in my opinion. I don't know. That just doesn't – because it just doesn't make sense. I don't know. I don't know. Do y'all have any opinions on that take, I guess, more expanded? I feel like that's the thing when it comes to, like, when you have 
people, you know, making opinions. Like when it get, when it becomes subjective, like there's always gonna be like like they're humans. So no one's gonna be on the same page. You're not gonna get it right the whole time. There's gonna be a little bit of inconsistency. It's not the same judges too. That's a tough part. You got people like um, what's that guy's name who destroyed like two fights within two days, one for Bellator, one for Oh, uh, yeah, it was uh, – uh, I can't even uh, think of his name, but, he, yeah, he's – He's got, like – dude, several fighters have restraining orders on that guy. He's a fucking piece of shit. He tried, but, killing, he tried killing people before, so, yeah, he's – yeah. He's a fuck – he's, like, a movie a Man. movie guy. Yep. Yeah, so <clears throat> it, it's just always going to be something that's tough. I feel like one of the things that's interesting is, like, you know, when they actually like push to for people to to finish the fight. Like like I like PFL's little strategy, like you get more points in the little season. Like that's that's really interesting. But I feel like they should just do that instead because like one, they're more interesting. Finishes are more finishes are more interesting. And then two, it's just probably like an easier way of fixing judging, I guess, as opposed to like coming up with all these different rule sets. Yeah. So I see, yeah, I see what you're saying, but my thing is like, it is subjective, and it's probably gonna have to stay subjective, to be honest, in MMA because there are so many ele- there are there are so many elements that go into it. So I don't what what Alex said, I almost agree with, but I don't know if there's like, in boxing, you're only you're only punching people, whether it's in the body or the face. Sure. So that's all you're doing, and MMA, it's like. 15, 20, 50 different uh, martial arts mixed into one. So it's hard to objectively come up with uh, a clear, you know, definitive answer for a 10-8 as far as, like, how boxing considers knockdowns and stuff. But I think that – I don't know, man. There needs to be a a different definition or a different – like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a subjective, so it's hard to even explain this. But there needs to be a different understanding of what domination means, because if I land like a couple of like if me and Roe are fighting and I land a couple of hooks on him, and it doesn't affect him at all, he like backs up a little bit, but then he comes at me and like lands a nice takedown, you know, has me down for. The rest of the round, land some, like, decent ground to pound, even, like, one or two elbows, goes for, like, two or three, like, submission attempts, even if one submission attempt with, like, some decent ground to pound. That's got to be considered a 10-8 because I did some things at the very beginning of the round. I landed a couple shots, but that's a fight. That's how it goes. You're going to land some shots no matter the round. doesn't matter how it goes. But to, for someone to, like that, – that's the way that, that, that they score 10 eight rounds now. You have to, like, land no strikes. You have to have no offense whatsoever and just get dominated the whole round. That is so rare in an MMA fight. It's just it's, – it's mixed martial arts that just doesn't happen. So, I don't know. It, it's, a, it's an interesting debate. For sure. It's just weird. It's a weird one. I don't know. I, I think it <laughs> should be way more liberal, but – Dog, and like you said, we're in just in the infancy. We're gonna be talking about this yeah. shit for years to come. Years to come. Probably so. 
speaking of uh, talking about <clears throat> how MMA fights are treated in years to come, what's uh, what I'm assuming the next thing you're on your agenda is the other. Yep the the cage grab cage grabs and yeah. Shit. Yep. yeah yeah penalization and stuff yeah, yeah. talk to Rella about that um so MMA penalties are so like so Roe had when I when I talked to Roe about this originally he he brought up a good point that you know nut shots and like eye pokes are one thing mm-hmm. and that that shouldn't be treated the same as like a cage grab because right. That was one thing to me, very that that just tore me apart. And the Rafael Asensio fight with Davy Grant. Davy Grant grabbed the cage to avoid a takedown, and Asensio did what he had to do to avoid like to weather the storm because he was getting pieced up and he was hurt. And they took the position away from him. I get they took a point away from Davy Grant, but. I don't know, man. That shit rubbed me the wrong way because first the ruling was I took a point away from him, so I didn't give you the position. But then after that, they came back and said he ended up in top position, so I didn't give you the position. But regardless, that shit rubbed me wrong. Rafael Asuncio should not have lost that fight. Like I said earlier, he should have had the option. He should have. He, yeah, an option yeah, exactly. is good. Or, or position. And I'm yeah. pretty sure he would have said position. And he would have won the fight. He would have won the fight. He and he's a jiu-jitsu fighter anyway. He, yeah, he's a jiu-jitsu fighter, yeah. It's that, crazy, man. Man. That shit. Uh, that, that, this, that, like, genuinely, like, as an MMA fan, like, whether or not – it doesn't matter who I bet it on, who I pick. I don't give a fuck. That, like, disappointed me as an MMA fan, especially knowing Rafael Suncial, knowing all the shit he's done in the sport and, like, knowing that that was probably his retirement fight. That shit disappointed me as an MMA fan because I was like, what are we doing, bro? What are we doing? Come on, bro. He, he deserved right? to win that fight. Huh? That was Herzog, right? Was it? No, I don't... It, was, uh, it was Keith Peterson. Yeah, it was Keith Peterson. Yeah. Oh, uh, Dominic Cruz. <laughs> yeah, that shit, man. That shit had me Boy. fucking rubbed the wrong way, bro. I was like, and it wasn't even like David Grant didn't really even end up in like top position. Really, they both. It was like a uh-huh. neutral position almost. Mm-hmm. And that shit pissed me off, man. I don't know. I don't. I don't hate. I don't. I don't have an opinion on David Grant. I don't love him. I don't hate him. I don't. I don't. I don't have an opinion on him. I don't care about him. You know, he could succeed, and I'd be like, cool. If he loses, I'd be like, cool. I don't care. But Asuncio, I don't know, man. They fucking they, – they held him. They held him in that fight, I think. That was oh, some yeah. fuck shit. It's so inconsistent because then you see, like, later on, there were fights later on in the card that had fence grabs that were probably even worse than that one, and yeah. they just didn't do shit about it. They said, hey, don't grab the fence. It's just like, man, can we get a consistent – like consistency there it's bullshit that that yeah. shit pissed I, me off no i agree i think i i think that um so i had a whole fucking thing about it um list so nut shots unless it's like very fucking obvious are a warning first time yeah and the point after eye pokes it depends on again 
who was it? Herb Dean was like warning Piotr every fucking second in that fight, which was dumb as shit. About but like the fingers. Yeah, about the fingers. The thing is, is when his fingers were extended, he was nowhere fucking near Marab. I feel like you should be able to extend your fingers as long as you're not near the face. But again, I don't know what the I think every ref's different because there's some refs that weren't on it, some of them don't. So but his fingers were way back here. So anyway, my whole point is eye pokes, unless they're absolutely egregious, are a warning first point second time. Um cage grabs are automatic point deduction. I don't give a fuck. I don't care how minor it was, automatic point deduction. I, I have said that for I've said that probably for the past fucking five, six years in MMA. Like it's automatic because I've seen too many fighters lose position uh, or like just get a warning and then nothing really ever happens of it. And they might start standing back up. And that's also another thing too, is there are some refs who have called fence grabs and said, well, you grab the fence, you know, I'm going to warn you. I'm stopping this fight so I can warn you. But then when they resume the fight, they don't give the fighter advantage and advantageous position, whatever. Like, this is crazy. It, crazy. It's fucking stupid. It's stupid. So, it, <laughs> cage grabs are ten eight. That's the one that I'm the most like steadfast on. Cage grabs automatic ten eight. Because, what the fuck was it? Uh, a good point. A good example is this. A uh, good example of this. Ali uh, Aliyev Aliyev Young Eagle, the guy that fucking bit that guy's finger. Right. Uh, yeah, it was um, Aliyev and a Nerolo Aliyev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That fight, bit his finger, automatic point deduction, right? How much did that fucking finger bite affect the fight? Didn't. It didn't fucking change what the fight what was going to happen. But he took an automatic point. Same way of fish, fish hooking. If somebody's caught fish hooking, it's an automatic point deduction. Now, fish hooking can affect the fight in the sense of, like, freeing up a choke and shit like that. But it's not – I to me, it's not as effective as – a cage grab, but all of the, those two things that I mentioned right there are automatic 10 eights or are automatic point deductions. So how the fuck is a fence grab, which can determine a fight? Not one. I, that's, it's just, it's crazy. Crazy to me. I, I could like, like Max, man, I can stand on my fucking soapbox and go on about this forever. Cage grabs are my biggest pet peeve in MMA. I think yeah. automatic fucking 10 eight Volkov should have been deducted a point. He still probably would have won the fight, but in the, in the Romanov fight, should have been deducted a point, and probably Romanov should have been given dominant position because that's close to what he was on his way to. You know, it is what it is. When the refs like swats their hands or their, or their toes, yeah. I'm like, dog, like, yeah, what are they doing? Bro, bro, what did you what, what do you think about that? I think, um. I don't think um, I've added anything from what I've said earlier to you. Um, like, I think, you know, I agree with Knuckles as far as, like, the immediate um, point for, like, grabbing the fence. I think there's interesting times where you could be like, all right, maybe your hand got caught, like, during some type of weird transition. Because some people will, like, put their hand like that on the fence, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. Or they'll, like, use it to wall walk, and maybe their toe got stuck, you know. There's a lot of things going on in the fight. So like if, if it if you can if it, if you can prove an accident, then yeah, then let it slide. Just like if you could prove that um, Nero Alley was fish hooking, which he couldn't, and he still took the point. 
So I feel like they have like reps have a lot of like they have the ability to take these points and like to have more control in the fight and they just impact it the wrong ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um okay. but nothing's really changed now. I don't think I've changed yeah. enough opinions. Bring back soccer kicks. Alex. Oops. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. God. Definitely bring back some soccer kicks. But uh nah, man, they need to I've always, always, always have hated these fence grabs, man. Um, I literally call them out all the time. Like, like I literally, like, scream at my phone because I watch it on my phone a lot because I'm usually on the road watching them. And I'll, like, scream about fence grabs and shit because it changes the fight dramatically, dude. You can avoid a takedown um, or, or, or vice versa, right? And then someone is, is exerting a lot more energy to try and get that to happen right and then when someone has that they got the time to recover it's just plain fucking illegal man you know what i mean and i hate that shit i want better fighter to win naturally not pure fucking talent and hard work not this cheating bullshit man let's keep that in a street fight king of the streets or whatever that bullshit (laughs) is but like this is a real sanctioned fighting where the real dogs are at so like fuck all that cheating bullshit man Take all these points away. Like I get sometimes there could be like a like an accident. Like maybe you're trying to like stand up or something. Or like what Roe is saying when you wall walk and, and whatnot. I get that. But these dudes are fucking hooking in their fucking fingers in there, hooking in their toes, damn near breaking them, dude. It's just whack, man. I need they need to start uh, uh taking more points away. And especially when Roe said when the fucking refs are in there like trying to wave their hands away. What what the fuck are you doing, dude? You're literally giving them, like, a, a little pass to cheat again. And this shit is whack. You know, you know how you solve this whole issue, right? You bring back the ring, pride style, baby. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Dude, one championship did it. I think that the UFC could benefit, especially in, like, uh, maybe in, like, Japan, shit like that. If, if, you, if they went back to Japan by bringing the pride ring back. Because you can still have a lot of this, you can still have the same rules, just obviously the fence rules won't be there and the fighters will have to adjust. But man, I thought the UFC could fucking benefit forever ago on shit like that. But anyway, I don't feel like they do that until he like gets replaced, you know? Yeah. Um, Somebody more progressive takes his spot, <clears throat> God willing. Next one we had up that I really want to talk about is uh, a hypothetical fight between uh, your boy Yuri Yuri Prochaska, Yuri Prohaska, whatever the fuck you yeah, say, Prohaska. and then Jamal Hill. So, in my opinion, I'm going to start there. Uh, I've made this pretty vocal. I think that Jamal Hill's striking is way more – um, technical and sound than Yuri's. I think Yuri comes in like a wild man with a fucking fiery passion out of hell. But I think Jamal's the kind of guy that will catch him because he does just that. He doesn't come in technically. He got caught by Reyes. He got caught by Volkanosimir. He got caught by um, um, Glover. Glover Teixeira, yeah. And Jamal Hill had he 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 had a good fight against uh, 
Tiago Santos. But other than that, he's pretty much dominated. And other than getting caught in Paul Craig's best submission, that he, his only submission that he can throw, and he throws it better than probably anyone in the UFC. Other than that, the guy has dominated. I just don't see a path to victory for for Yuri. I just don't see it. But I don't know. Knuckles, what do you think on that one, man? So I've had time to marinate on Jamal win. That shit was some of the most impressive uh, leveling up that I've seen in the UFC. I've never seen somebody level up to – I mean, I've seen people level up to that degree, but it's been very few yeah. and far in between. Um, man, I don't know. Like, I, I could go on a whole soapbox speech about it because that's what I do, but I just like my answer, and it may not be the best. And like, I could go on a whole fucking tangent as to why, but I just think Yuri is too wild for him. I think Yuri's going to be too much. Um, I just, I don't know, like. His style is so unorthodox and weird. Yeah. That striker, that striker, like Vadim Nemkov is a phenomenal striker. And if Vadim and Jamal Hill fought tomorrow, I don't know who would win. Honestly, I'm just being honest. I think Vadim might be the best 205er in the world. But Yuri went out and slept in it. You know, Yuri's fought strikers that are extremely high level and yeah, he's gotten tagged. That's part of his whole gimmick. He gets fucking hit. But I legitimately don't know what Jamal has that other fighters that he's fought don't have. Like, jamal got rain. Jamal's got some power, but so does everybody else that he's fought. You know, like, Dominic Reyes has range and power. Volkan Ozdemir had power. I, I don't think Jamal hits harder than Ozdemir. I don't know if he hits harder than Reyes. I can't really tell, but I just think I think Yuri's going to overwhelm him. I think it's going to be too much. I think Yuri's also probably taking this whole fucking time and training his fucking ass off doing his – well, he lost the toenail the other day doing shit like that. You know, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that. He lost the fucking toenail. He's weirdo. Yeah. But, you know, uh, he's out there doing Yuri shit. Really, let me I, know all about it. Don't worry. Yeah, I like – again – I was talking about fucking getting on a soapbox, but here I'm getting on a soapbox. Yeah, I, th I think Yuri's just too much. I think Yuri's just uh, – he's almost too much man for him at this point in time. Too much yeah. testosterone. Too much fucking just alpha. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be great. It's going to be a crazy fucking fight, and that's all I know. Because it's going to happen, and that fight's going to be yeah. fucking insane. Yep. Yeah. All, right. that's all I got. That's all I got. Bro, what do you think on that one? Uh, I'm big on Yuri, man. I have him pretty high in my bound. I think he's like number. I don't want to say what it is. I don't want to get roasted, but he's very high. I don't know what it is. Okay, I'll top five. Up. Top five. Definitely. Oh, oh. Where you going? Um, give me a sec. I gotta look. Pound for pounds, fake everyone. He's my number four. He was in my top ten. I will say that he was in my top ten. Pound for pound. Have your five bro. I think he's really skilled. I feel like I feel like you know he doesn't really fight to like his highest potential because the IQ isn't always there. He's very brute. Um, he gets cracked a lot. Um, not always the greatest head movement. 
not always greatest decision making, but uh, he's definitely tested. Twenty nine three and one is an insane record. He was tested overseas in in Ryzen. He fought. None of these guys are like top fifteen UFC people. He fought um, Muhammad Lawal, who avenged that loss. Carl Albertson, Bruno Capaloza was tearing up PFL's heavyweight division. Um, absolutely dismantled Ozdemir and Reyes. Went to a war with Glover, and that's kind of where like, you know, I got I get a little worried because I'm like, what are you going to do when you fight Mal Hill? But Erie's style in general is just a very unorthodox style that I don't feel like Jamal has been presented with. And last time we've seen a very unusual style against Jamal Hill, it was Paul Craig. Granted, a oh, different okay. aspect of MMA. But yeah, I, feel, I feel like Jamal Hill is very suited when you have you know fighters that are very like orthodox and very like like you've seen before. Like there's a Johnny lot of Walker. That was quick. That was just a quick fight, you know. What when yeah. you knock knock him out? I gotta look. Yeah, he knocked round him out. one. Yeah, he knocked he him knocked out. He, he turned him into a ballerina. See, and that's my thing, right? That was like, two minutes. Yeah, yeah was, two minutes. Like, I like yeah, like Alex, Yuri. Yuri is a very unorthodox fighter, right? <laughs> and everyone is so high on an unorthodox fighter, especially when they're very crazy and the level change the way he does. But he has a he doesn't have a high fight IQ at all. Does not. He gets hit a lot. His I will say this: his recovery time is fucking crazy. When he got mm-hmm. fucking hit by that high kick from Reyes, dude, I thought he was going out. Motherfucker was like, "You thought?" And he got right the fuck back up. You know what he I'm goes saying? To work. But this is the thing: Jamaha Hill, bro. His fight IQ is so underrated. Okay. And his striking is top notch, and the way he fights at distance is top notch, and the way that he counter, uh, when 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 he's counter striking, dude, he's it, it's 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 very top notch. Okay, I understand, I understand. Yuri is very unorthodox, and he and he fought against Paul Craig, but this dude, this ground game is nowhere near Paul Craig's ground game. Oh, yeah. Hall, Hill does have a good ground game, bro. I get it. I get it. His arm got dislocated like in that around. fight, bro. Huh? I was just gonna say I don't think it'll be like that. I don't think like you're. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, right? Because yeah. I know people are gonna be saying like, "Oh, but he fought this unorthodox fighter." That's cool, bro. He's he's going against someone with the lower fight IQ, someone who has less of a ground game than him, and someone whose striking is not as good as his striking is good, but it's not as good as Jamaha Hill's striking, bro. I think Jamaha Hill has an answer for everything, and he's being extremely underrated again just because he's a little newer into it, and, and they're, everyone is surprised by his upcoming. But with someone with this high of a fight IQ, someone who is very teachable as well, that dude catches on to things so quick that his coaches say. like, a, like, a, like I'm not comparing him to John Jones. I'm just saying like people can teach John Jones something one time, and that motherfucker gets it. Jamaha Hill... That motherfucker learned something one, two times at most, they said. And he's yeah. fucking getting it, bro. This guy is getting so yeah. much better. It's not going to uh, be a, a – a, a, he's not going to run him over. No. It's going to be a fucking barn burner. Mm-hmm. But I see Jamahal Hill fucking edging this fight out. It could be by more points. It could be by damage. But I I 
it's I could see him hunting a finish in the later fucking rounds, like yeah. he did against Thiago Santos. I could see it. I will reinforce what uh Alex said. Um so for Jamal Hill's most recent fight came against the lover, Anthony Smith went out there, and that is literally one of the main things he said that the guy was just so teachable. He's a teachable, he's a teachable guy, like you tell him something, he absorbs it. He does it a couple times, and he has it. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. Like I said, I'll keep saying it until the fight happens, and I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll own my fucking wrongness. But I think Yuri is a little bit overrated, personally. I do. I think he just comes in with wild shit, and I think he could very much miss just as much as he lands, and he's going to miss a lot against Jamal Hill, I think. And Jamal Hill's striking is just so – it's so crisp, and it's orthodox as fuck. And and he's very accurate. Yeah, he's accurate as, as a motherfucker. He, he doesn't miss. He does not miss. And that's what the difference was, I feel like, in the Glover fight versus Jamal and the Glover fight versus Yuri was that, first of all, for the most part, Jamal could defend the takedowns against Glover, and then when he got taken down, he got back up. But his striking is more crisp and accurate. If you watch the fight with Yuri and Glover, Yuri is just throwing the wild, the wild shots that he always throws, and he got tired. And once he got tired, he he felt su- like susceptible to some of the grappling, um, and he ended up just tiring out Glover, too, because it was just a, a back-and-forth war. And he ended up choking him out just Yeah, one of the best fights of all time. Tiredness. Of yeah, he choked him out yeah. based on tiredness. But, like, let's be honest, Knuckles, it was one of the best fights as a fan to watch of all time, but it was one of the technically – un- yes. One of the most Sloppy. technically unsound yeah. fights of all time. So that's what I'm saying. Sloppy. Yeah. And Jamal Hill is a technical fighter. He's a technical striker. His – his ground game is crazy. So, I, or is at least yeah. his takedown take down defense. He got in mount and just knocked the dude off of him. And I get it's old Glover, but yeah, I was not saying that before the fight happened. So, I no, actually, was. everyone was praising Glover's ground game. Everyone was saying how Glover yeah. was going to submit hey, Jamahal Hill. Everyone was underrating Jamahal Hill's takedown defense and ground game that fight. So, like, People can say what they want to say, but I'll remember what the fuck they said before. Hey, and look, and look at, look at, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, say, look. Go, go, no, no, no. Look at what he did. Look at what he did uh, against Jan. Again, Jan's takedown. But that was what, like, what, a year before that fight? Probably something like that. Because he fought Jan in 2022, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they fought in January of 2023. So, so it wasn't a year, it wasn't even a year since he fought Yawn and he did what the fuck he did to Yawn easily. So, there you go. <laughs> go ahead, Ruff. What? I was just gonna say, I'm two and oh on Jamal Hill picks, three and oh technically because I have a verdict. So, I've never really doubted Jamal Hill. I thought he was gonna win against Clover. Um, I feel like there wasn't that much adversity. You know, he looked good, his cardio looked better than it did against Santos, but he also had probably an easier time than he did against Santos. Now, I'm not saying Glover isn't better than Thiago or anything. I'm just saying, like, maybe the matchups, you know? And yeah. I think Geary's going to have Jamal working. It's just going to be a different atmosphere. 
I'm not too, I'm not saying Jamal Hill can't win. I just think I really don't know what Jamal Hill does in this scenario. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know like I think that you're easy to control most of where that fight goes. Jamal could just be better in those places, but Erie's probably gonna have most of control. Okay. I would say we might have to disagree. Agree to disagree on that one. But hey, we're uh, gonna come back to it. We're gonna come back video. to it. Yeah, that's a big deal. I'm not confident on uh, my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Really don't All right. happen. But yeah. So next up on the podcast, we're gonna have Ro, our uh, guest. He is uh pretty well versed in the regional uh the regional scene much more than any of us so we're going to talk about some of his uh his uh favorite upcoming fighters that he thinks are going to make some noise in the ufc and then uh we'll talk about some of the uh promotions uh, that he thinks are rated above the others but uh as far as the prospects go uh Ro, what do you what are you thinking what are you thinking coming up so, yeah, I'm, like, looking right now through, like, my list here. I didn't necessarily, like, have a list prepared of, like, what my top prospects were. There's just a lot of, like, it's a busy MMA week as far as, like, if you're including a lot of what what's happening regionally. Uh, I know that uh, Invicta is a lot of um, the woman's talent as far as, uh, as far as uh, you know, like, different weight classes because Bellator only really does 125 and 145 and a lot of them don't really have uh like Fury FC for example is a Texas-based promotion that I cover a lot and like a lot of them they don't really do a lot of like female fights which is sad um but Invicta they they really bring in there's always like one guaranteed banger the banger last card was in the opener of all places so it definitely it's it's worth watching and i and i like adam weights a place where i get to watch adam weight fighters so yes sir the coming card doesn't have any adam weight but uh valeska machado and danny mccormick uh they're fighting in the main events for the belt 115 uh recently it was held by uh emily decady i think that's how you pronounce her last name yeah she's she just came for decody decody it's decody all right so yeah, Emily Dakota, yeah, she uh she's coming off of a loss to Angela Hill, but Angela Hill's test and uh and she beat uh Penye last time out. And I think uh I think this one, the winner of this one's probably gonna end up taking like a 115 like last minute fight because Valeska's already fought contender. And Danny McCormack, she's I think she's SBG. I think she's one of uh one of those SBG girls that fight over um at Connor's gym. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. Rest of the car, there's Fatima Klein. You're going to see her in the UFC for sure. Um, she fights at 115. She's tall, so I could see her going to flyweight. She trains with Aaron Blanchfield. So um, somebody to keep in mind as far as uh, when you see her name next time because she definitely will be in the UFC. Um, going on to the next one. KSW has uh, this guy named Robert Uchala. I don't know too much about him. I ain't going to lie in front. I don't watch KSW. I'm not Polish. I, I don't even really know. This is a dude. Interview. Watch it. It's, it's fucking sick. If you ever get the chance to get a VPN, watch some KSW. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. I heard it's sick. When, when it's on. Um. Oh, wait. So it's. So I guess if I get like a VPN, like I can probably watch it. It's an internet yeah. PPP. Yeah. Like on, so I just assumed that I was gonna have to pay for it, but uh, I you can you can find it. I'm sorry, you can you can find it, especially if you get a VPN. They, there's a lot of uh, 
Polish or European countries that have it for free on like their whatever website and shit. It's the same way. Like if you look up, like if you get a VPN and look up K1, same shit you can find. Yeah. So yeah, get a VPN. I can't remember the exact site because I'm also half fucking, uh, yeah, I'm a little, a little, a little out. I'm a little drunk. Let's just say that. You're bourbon we'll just and bud. Drunk. You're bourbon, I'm bourbon and, and budded right now. I'm bourbon and budded right now. Same. <laughs> That's there. right. So there's a but, KSW uh, yeah. event in uh two days. Well yeah, two days and twenty hours. That's the um Robert Ruchala main event. I think he's fighting for a belt or defending one. Yeah, it's for the belt. But uh for the interim featherweight championship. Check it out, folks. <laughs> Check it out. You heard it here first. Check it out if you get the chance. Fucking KSW is where it's at. Tom Reese is in the co main event. He used to fight in the UFC. Was the name I recognize? Yes, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yep. We got ACA. ACA has a couple. I I don't know if I can consider because I don't know much about Russian MMA, but a lot of these people over there like have these huge records. I don't know if I consider them prospects. Like like somebody like Robert Ruchalo is like eight and Like uh, they have a heavyweight championship. Evgeny Goncharov. I, I I'm butchering that. He's somebody that like I have my eye on because I've heard some things about him i've never seen an aca event either um because i'm not russian <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i've just i've had my hands full there's so much mma going on these days i have my hands yeah. full. um uh, wrote a question i had for you like uh, i guess um uh, as far as like promotions even like regional in the u.s do you have like uh, a certain like uh, pedestal that you place um, certain promotions above others, or is it kind of just you just go off based off what you see? That's a good way of putting it. I would say there's a pedestal, maybe a tier list, however you want to say it. Definitely, you have LFA at the top of the list. Um, right. As far as uh, they were pretty much all over the place in the U.S. They'll go to Brazil, too, and turn up, like last time. But uh, I'll put them up there with stuff like uh, probably Invicta's woman talent or really – like most of those are getting in the UFC. It's, n- it's not really coming from anywhere else. That or LFA. Uh, so LFA, Invicta, ACA would be up there. Um, then below that would probably be stuff like – Fury FC, they it's long, like they'll have you busy the entire day for Sunday. <laughs> but uh, there's there's a guaranteed banger because of it, and uh, they have a lot of fun fights. That's where Adrian Giannis came out of. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah. So yeah. so they have Fury FC. Cage Fury is pretty good. They're based in like the New England area, I think. It's not like Pennsylvania, but um, so. they, they do a lot of stuff. They come to Tampa too. I haven't been to one of their shows, but. Uh, Several people who have the gyms around here like go out there and, and put on a show. Um, CES is out of the New England area. Cage Titans is out of the New England area. Cage Titans has a Joe Gianetti on UFC for the for the um tough championship for like 155 against Mike Trigano, lost split decision. So he, I'm waiting for him to get a chance to to fight, and he's probably the only thing happening for Cage Titans right now. I think every Events headlined by him, <laughs> but uh, 
but yeah, he's somebody to keep an eye on. And I think that's probably where I would like to go. There's not much else going on besides that. You got A1 Combat and Masvidal stuff, and Anthony Pettis has a promotion too, but but there's – Shoot the Brazil, bro. Shoot the Brazil. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch the one. overseas stuff, to be honest. Yeah, I wish I did, it. though. I'm just not getting into no. it. I'm not a, no, that's, a uh, professional. <laughs> great insight. I mean, honestly, like, that's better than probably any of us could have come up with. So, yeah. Hey, man. Hey. Much love. All I can say is you guys get the chance, anybody, people watching this, go check out your local <laughs> MMA event. If there's a local well, MMA event, it's probably going to cost you 10, 20 bucks for a ticket. Go check it out because you don't know. That dude, yep. 10 years time, might be – he might not be in the UFC, but, hell, he might be in Bellator. He might be in one. He might be in KSW when it blows up because I'm telling you that shit's or fire. But, he you might know, be a UFC champion. He might be a UFC champion because you never know. Go check out your local event. Support the people because it goes to the fighters. It goes to the promotion. And you might be making something. So go check it out because yep. you never know what you're going to see. Shit's oh, wild. We'll do. MMA is the best sport in the fucking world. Damn right. Uh, like you're right. Why not go? It's right there. And if and the whole high level thing, I mean, you like finishes, right? You know, sometimes it doesn't have to be high level for that to happen. <laughs> it's like all right. oh, dude. Some of those low level promotions, like I've been to local events and sometimes they are more enjoyable than a UFC like a very good UFC event because sometimes in low level, you know, you'll get eight fights eight fucking fights of just people swanging and banging the whole time. And if it's just two dudes throwing fucking mitts, which I'm a big proponent of high-level MMA, but if it's just two dudes swinging mitts, I'm not going to lie. I love that shit. I'm a man of heart. I'm a fucking, like, I'm I'm a freak. I'm a fuck. I love MMA. I love fighting. I'm a combat guy. So if I, do, if I see two fucking big, two, 300 fucking pound fat dudes just swinging them i'm cool with that too you know it is what it is so yeah mma's mma baby somebody's got to start somewhere you know hell yeah that is true <laughs> one more uh fighter i wanted to point out before we move on is chris brown he's fighting his name is literally chris brown Rihanna. Uh, Rihanna? No. no not that guy he, he's a different one <laughs> 70 uh he just won the lfa 170 belt um body kick in the first round it was nasty he had the dude rolling around like it was a fish out of water and yeah, he he's, out. he's fighting PFL's contender series or whatever they call it, challenger series. Oh, yeah. sick. Okay. That's so, Chris Brown, LFA. Yeah. So, and that's on Fubo TV. If you go on PFL's website, <laughs> do it. So, definitely check that out. I'll remind everybody like the night of because I like the guy a lot. He's interesting. Oh, yeah. He's on the mic too, or at least different, um, which is fun for me. Um, What's the date? What's the date? That's Friday. All these events that I'm mentioning or like happening this week is very busy. Um, so their series is on YouTube, right? They've oh, been yeah. putting that on YouTube lately, right? On Fubo TV's channel, I think, right? On Fubo TV's channel on YouTube. Right? Yeah, Fubo. So you have to go on the website on PFL's website. I'll have a link to it. Um, oh, okay, sticks. So like, I'll like show it on there or something. So definitely check that out. Um, at least this fight out because I like him specifically. Um, that's all I got. Oh yeah, brother. Oh yeah. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate um, you. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't think we talked about this one yet. Is Mahama Makaya versus uh Hafel Filio. 
Um, Muhammad Makayev is the heaviest favorite on the card. He's minus 925, I think. And then Hafal Filio is plus 490. Um, Muhammad is 3-0 in the UFC. He had his problems with Malcolm Gordon. Um, he fought some decent comp coming up, but he had, like, an absurd amount of uh, amateur fights. Uh, he's a douche, I think. He, he sucks. I hate him. But anyways, Rafael uh, Filio, um, he, uh, he's a Shooter Brazil fat, and Shooter Brazil is a pretty good promotion uh, on the regional scene. And uh, he had a TKO in the Contender Series. He's making his debut. I don't know. I don't know. I uh, originally had Rafael Filio picked, but I think Makai was going to win just because of the bright lights, and that's the only reason. I don't know. Knuckles, what do you got? Oh, man, you know, um, I went back and forth on this one. Uh, this is probably the one when I was doing pre-study. Uh, it's one of the first <laughs> ones I went to because I started studying it the other day. Um Man, Filio is a dog in this one. Like, he has that fucking dog chance to win and do some shit. But, man, Mahayev, I don't like him. I'm just going to, like, I'm going to come straight out. Like, I'm just going to say it out here. Mahayev is just like Marab. I don't like either one of those motherfuckers. They're weird. They, like, they say, they say some weird shit. They're out there. So, I'm going to, like, I'm going to dog on them right now i just think they're both both bunch they're both a bunch of fucking weirdos and they've had unimpressive wins um Mohaya more so than marab we'll go about that later but anyway Mohaya has had some unimpressive wins yeah he, he finished gordon but he was on his way to getting decisioned so um and if you look at filio i want to give a shine enough about fucking Mohaya because he's a bitch um about Filio, he has a win over Vinicius Salvador. I don't know how many of you guys watch uh, Contender Series, but I watch that shit pretty close. I fucking love Contender Series. And Vinicius Salvador off this last season was one of the most impressive um, people that I saw in the whole season. And the fact that Filio had a win over him, and I think – I don't know if he finished him. I have to look real quick. Yeah, he finished him. Uh, yeah, he finished him. Down. Finished him. That's the way to do it, though. I don't know. Yeah, and, yeah true. I'll yeah, really contest it on the ground, but definitely on the feet. I can see exactly why you're high on him because I'm very high on him as well. I have so, him on my watch list. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think he ultimately in this fight. I think it's going to be one of those learning experiences. I think he loses the Mahayev. I hate fucking saying that because I don't like Mahayev. I think he loses to him. Um, I don't think it's going to be finished though. I think he's going to lose a decision. I think it's going to be where Mahav because he's on like a finish streak. Isn't he? he has, oh, he has three decisions. I think he's, yeah, it's going to be like, it's, it's going to be a lot of like the Charles Johnson fight. He'll just take him down and control him. Because mm. I remember that fight. Excuse me. Sorry. He, I remember that fight. What's uh, Makaev's submission defense like? Because I don't think anybody's had as much of a threat on the ground as this guy. Well, and you know, I mean, Malcolm Gordon almost fucking rear nakeded his ass. So you know, it's I don't know. I feel like um, 
Interesting. I feel like Philo might um upset a lot of people. You know, I might have to. I hope. I fucking hope. Um, Shudo Brazil. I'm gonna have to watch some fights. No, I think, and I'm not saying. I don't think Muhammad is gonna. I'm not even gonna use the word expose. What I'm saying is this guy, Philo, dude. He's so 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 underrated. Um, that's why I asked you guys earlier on on what you guys thought personally. Because me, I don't care if people think I'm crazy, but I think Makayev is gonna lose this fight unless he really, really, really touched up on his stand up game. I know he's been training in Tiger Muay Thai and all that, but Filio is fucking nasty on the ground, bro. And this is where that where this. And I know Makayev is strong, but I, I, I got feel you having some some grown man strength on this on this boy. Um but uh I think it's gonna neutralize the ground game should neutralize, or if anything, I don't think Makayev is gonna control him like a lot of people think. A lot of people just haven't seen him fight, they haven't seen any highlights of him. And everyone is really, really big on Makayev. I mean, this is UFC's new 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 little pet right this is this is who they're going to promote the most this is the future for the ufc um and this is why the odds are so high on him as well i mean he's young he's exciting yeah. and he's very very talented but Filio is gonna fucking upset a lot of people this weekend in my opinion and i'm going for Filio, bro that's why i asked y'all earlier i'm going for Filio all day long. baby let's fucking go and Alex, I told you, I said, I said, I think he's. Remember, I said he's highly underrated. I no, hundred percent. That's yeah. why I asked you out because, like, I've I've seen this guy fight, bro. Like, he's tough. He's, he's tough, tough as fuck, bro. Oh yeah, I actually um, against him um, on Contender Series because the other dudes from South Florida I had to represent. You know, yeah, man, that's all good, dude. That's I like hear, I picked. Hey, I picked. I picked Darian Weeks against Ian Gary because Darian Weeks lives like literally an hour from where I live. So I was oh, like, man, I gotta pick the guy. I gotta pick the guy. But Ian Gary, obviously, you know, it was a tough fight, but Ian Gary won. Yeah, he had him that block. This little block right here had Ian Gary proud. <laughs> just for time's sake. Yeah, that. Hmm? What you got? What you got, Max? Just for time's sake, I'm gonna skip a couple of fights. I'm gonna go straight to the main card from here. I would Hell love yeah. to talk about some of the other ones, but uh, You're good, man. we're running out of time and it's going to be hard to edit, yeah, edit. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to where it needs to be. Um, so we're just going to shoot the main card. Um, we've got Marvin Vittori versus uh, Roman Delize. Um, both are solid fighters. You got Marvin Vittori minus 300 and Roman Delize plus 210. And at those odds, I'm taking uh, Delize all day long. Um, I don't really have much to say beyond that. I mean, Delize, I think he's more more technical all around. Marvin is just uh, – he's a Marvin. Um, <laughs> the fact that he's minus 300 is <laughs> So, I'm going to take – I'm going to take that. I'm going to take uh, Roman Delizia at plus 210. I don't know what you got on that, Knuckles. Man, uh, I didn't do a whole lot of research on this fight because I've watched both of them fight a few times. Uh, Just because 
what I've seen and what I've watched, uh, I'm going to pick Marvin Vittori. I'm going to say probably decision. He's going to do what he did against Paulo Costa, just box him from a distance. Like, like New Leeds, they can try to take him down, but people don't realize Marvin's got pretty fucking phenomenal takedown defense. Um, Rob took him down one time against, again, Rob is Rob. Mm. Um, or Rob might have took him down more than once, but anyway, doesn't matter. Um, Vittori's got pretty good takedown defense. I don't think the leads it has that takedown ability that Rob does. Cool. Uh, I just think, I think Vittori's going to do what he did against Paulo Costa and just work chin his way to a victory. He's going to take some shots and probably land more. And that's what we're going to get. So yeah, I'm going to say Vittori pretty safe. To, they, uh, pretty safe decision by Marvin Vittori. All right. what you got? Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm right around where Knuckles is. I think uh, pretty high Marvin Vittori's like ability to win these middleweight fights is kind of a little bit like Strickland, where like he's just a little bit of a matchup nightmare. Like Strickland has that gap, Marvin has the durability, the chin, the the cardio. You know, yeah, he didn't weight cut for that Paulo Costa fight, but looked good for five rounds. He only has to fight three against Roman Delice and keep that distance. Roman Delice is not necessarily great on the feet. He's great on the ground. Um, he takes advantage of um, his grappling opportunities very well. I just think Vittori survives him. He's really hard to finish, even on the ground. Um, I, I think Vittori is my pick, but that could change. You know, Delice's calf slicer is real. This fight is such a pick em to me. Um, like, because Vittori has such a chin, I don't see him getting finished. But Delice, he he has finishes on his resume. I mean, that boy is hard. But Vittori has good ground game as well. And if in a great gas tank, and a lot of people don't talk about his gas tank. Um, and I know he's been training more on his striking now as well. He's he's working more on his fight IQ and his strategy. He's actually at Tiger Muay Thai now also working on his striking. Tiger Muay Thai is huge on the striking, bro. I don't care what anyone says. And a lot of people there are speaking good things. Um, I like the lead say. I like him a lot. But I don't see any of them having, like, a, a clear, clear advantage on them. Now, if it was a five-round fight, I would – edge for Vittorio all day long just because he has those five round experiences um but in this case right here man it's, it's all going to be about Vittorio weathering the storm and they're going to be in the pocket this is going to be like a fight of the night which is and, and it's kind of crazy because it's not even getting a lot of uh how do I say it a lot of like advertisement on this fight That's like it mean. should and it should be higher on the main card in my opinion also but Yes. It's yes. It's, it's, it's whatever. Yeah. I mean, it will we'll start off the night with a bang, right? So it's all good. But it's gonna be a pickup, man. I, I I can't tell you. That's what I think. I don't think there's gonna be a clear win for either one. Their okay. their their fighting styles kind of neutralize each other. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Well, the next one on the main card, we got Jennifer Maya versus Casey O'Neill. Um, I love Casey O'Neill. I got Casey on that one. She's she's had a pretty significant layoff because she hurt her knee, but uh, Casey is like uh, that's that's fight mommy. So um, I've got her by whatever she wants. Uh, I know <laughs> Ro hates her, but I don't give a fuck. 
I don't hear. <laughs> um, <laughs> Knuckles, what do you got on that one? Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. I think uh, Jennifer Maya is going to stifle any ground game that Casey O'Neill tries. Right now, um, <laughs> I hate you. So I hate you. That's okay. What? What me? No me. Yeah. No, no. Uh, okay. Knuckles. Oh me? Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think Jennifer Maya is gonna stifle. Well, I'm just gonna say this. Yeah. I think I think Jennifer Maya is gonna stifle anything that uh, Casey O'Neill tries to do on the ground. So what we're going to get is a reminiscent fight of Casey O'Neill versus Roxanne Matafari, where Casey pieces are up on the feet. Probably, I'm not going to say because she set the record for what most. I think it's most oh. strikes, most strikes in a female fight ever. She's going to fucking she's going to put on a performance like that where she's going to be throwing some fists. And I'm going to say Casey O'Neill decision. Yeah, Casey O'Neill decision. Probably cool. two round. I'm gonna say two rounds to one. I'm gonna say two rounds to one. I'm, I'm gonna say Jennifer Maya somehow wins one round. So there you uh, go. Bro, what do you got, buddy? I think right now it picks Casey O'Neill. Um, contrary to popular belief, I don't hate her. I think she's a great prospect. Um, after watching that fight that Maya had with Firo, I don't remember watching that, but I feel like that fight will tell me a lot of where Maya's at. She's basically kind of kind of like low-key a gatekeeper, just a little bit lower than Andrade and uh Chukagian. Like um yep. she's kind of like that, that first step before you get to them. We're like, are you ready? Like Tracy Cortez might have to fight her one day. Um both the Silva girls that just came to the UFC, Karen and um Natalia, they might have to fight her one day. So yeah, I feel like um, I feel like O'Neal will pass the test though. Okay. Good. I don't okay. really remember her game too much. It's been a minute, but um, but yeah, she's all really- right. Alex. She makes us nice. Yeah, no, this is Casey O'Neill is a lock for me for that night, yes, bro. Sir. To be honest, Casey O'Neill can win it by however she wants, but Casey O'Neill is just gonna piece her up on the ground. I don't believe she's going to finish her. If she does, it'll probably be through ground and pound because she because Jennifer Miles probably would, would probably try and weather out the storm. But at this point in the career, I see Casey O'Neill coming out here with the bang. She wants to prove a point. She wants to uh, pass the gatekeeper of the division and prove that she's here to be a contender. Um, I just think she's going to piece her up, man, and it's going to be a unanimous decision, 30-27 or a finish. But I don't think Jennifer Maya really has – she has the experience on her. Maybe we'll see if she tries to take her down, but it's going to be a long night for her, in my opinion. I got Casey O'Neill all day long. Cool. All right. Um, the next one on the card is uh, Gunnar Nelson versus Brian Barberina. You got uh, Gunnar Nelson minus 400. You got Brian Barberina plus 270. Brian Barberino is taking his foot on like two weeks notice, I think. Um, somebody backed out. I can't remember who, but um, I got Gunnar Nelson in that. Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, right. So probably Gunnar by probably submission, I would say. But uh, um, I don't know. Knuckles, what do you think about that? I'll cover this one because we're on a time crunch. I'll cover this one a little bit later in a uh, – Twitter space. If you guys got Twitter, uh, follow me at knuckles underscore Stan. I'm going to have a Twitter space nights of their fights of the round table. 
Um, I try to have it at least once a week. Um, I'll cover Gunnar Nelson and why I think he's fucking actually a really good fighter in another yeah. space. But I'm going to say to cover time's sake, I'm going to say Gunnar Nelson by very fucking easily whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. Easily. Cool. Gunnar Nelson. All right, bro. Yeah, the pick is Gunny. Brian Barber and his dog, but I don't think it's going to be necessary for this one. Yep. I think uh, Gunny toys with him and takes his back and does whatever he did to Takashi Sada, or he actually gets the choke. Cool. Yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, Alex. I think we're all in agreement that Gunnar Nelson is going to come in here and he's going to win this fight. Brian Moran is a dog. I know he's doing it in two weeks' notice, but it's going to be a rude awakening for him that he needs some. He needs a full camp for a guy like Gunnar Nelson. There you go. That's the lock. That's the lock on the knife. I'll be ha- hey, uh, I'll be happy if I'll be happy if Brian fucking pulls off something, but that's the lock of the knife for me. Um speaking of locks. Next fight, <laughs> next fight of Let's the go. Oh, we're, we're about to get heated here. Just about to get heated. Versus Rafael Faziv. Uh you got Faziv as a minus two fifty, and you've got Gaethje at a at a uh, plus one eighty. Um, ah! Y'all know what I've got. I've got Gaethje on this one. Um, That's the I, right pick. I think that uh, Faziv will probably trouble him early in the first round, maybe even late in the first round. I think he's going to overswing. I think he's going to miss a lot of shots. I think he's going to hit a lot of shots, but I think he's going to miss a lot of shots. He's going to throw those fast kicks. He's going to get tired, and I think that uh, Gaethje will probably be tired by the third round, but Gaethje tired versus Fazeev tired is two different animals, and I think that uh, Gaethje will get the third-round TKO, but that's just me. Knuckles, what do you got? Y'all ready for this one? All right. <laughs> so I feel like the first half of these picks are going to be all, all Gaethje. The second half is going to be all fucking Fazeev. I ain't for sure what Alex has got. I know what Rose got. So let me tell you something right now. Y'all must have forgot who Justin Gaethje is. Y'all must have forgot, right? Because this motherfucker does not stop the only people he gets finished by are fucking finishers all-time finish leader charles Oliveira finished him dustin poirier finished him in the one of the best fights most underrated fights i have ever seen that fight i watched that shit live i was working as a prison guard in a fucking prison and all the inmates were hyped as shit watching that fight that was fucking dope I'm not a prison guard anymore, so anybody that shits on fucking prison guards or police officers or whatever, don't get me wrong. I shit on them, too. So, But anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, fucking that shit was hype. Like, he fucking got finished by him. Eddie Alvarez, the fucking dog, Eddie Alvarez. Beast-ass fight. Had fucking fight against Michael Johnson, one of the fights of the, that I've ever seen of all time. Y'all must have forgot. Justin Gaethje, who the fuck he was. That's all I'm going to say. Justin Gaethje is going to withstand all those fucking little storms that fucking Rafael Fazeev comes up with. Remember, Rafael Fazeev got outstruck like, what, 70-something to like fucking 20-something in the third round against Bobby Green. 
and he couldn't finish Bobby Green, y'all must have forgot who Justin Gaethje was. Justin Gaethje, TKO, first or second round. Let's fucking go. That's all I got. Sorry. All right, bro. What's up? All right, so bringing up the Bobby Green fight's an interesting point because Bobby Green's a really weird stylistic matchup for a lot of people because he punches from a different angle. He has the hands low, and that's messed with Iaquinta, uh, messed with Fazib, messed with uh, Drew Dober for a little bit, messes with a lot of people. So, like, yeah, he did struggle there a little bit, and his cardio hasn't always been the most ideal. Um, And another great point, he's not necessarily as good of a finisher as the other Four people you lost to. I don't care. Fazee's been doing this way too long. Justin Gaethje, when Trevor Whitman picked him up, was just like a wrestler tossing people around. Um, Fazee was probably like years into his Muay Thai career. I just think there's like levels to it. I think it's going to be a masterclass. I feel like what what's going to be new for Fazee is going to be, um, you know, what's unique to Justin Gaethje. It's going to be, you know, his dog. And it's going to be the fact that he's still going to be there after a while. And I feel like that's going to be fine because he's really easy to hit when he's swinging big and missing. And I don't know why you think Fazee's going to swing big and miss. He passed the the, the on-the-feet test against Brad Riddell, and he lasted the cardio test against against um, whatchamacallit, RDA last time out. So I, I'm really confident on him. Um, you know, I, call an excuse if you want, a excuse, but if he loses – Probably a bad camp or a weight cut. I think this is just a gimme for him. This is a lock for me. I've been saying it. Bro, you're breaking my heart, brother. All right. Justin Gaethje is going to break your heart more, man. Yeah. (laughs) I I think think Justin Gaethje is going to break your guys' heart more, man. Um, God, stop, man. No, I'm being being so serious. This is the thing. This thing. This isn't a five-round fight, guys. Both of them have a shit gas tank, okay? The both of them. I don't care what the fuck y'all say. And this is the thing. Justin Gaethje motherfucker will overswing and fall down on his knees. I've seen him do it five times, all right? Motherfucker Fazeev is going to capitalize on that shit. Fazeev is going to play the fucking distance game. He's going to go in the pocket. Both of them are going to weather out a fucking storm. Fazeev hasn't been finished, so I don't want to hear people saying, oh, Justin Gaethje is going to finish Fazeev. Okay, when was the last time he's been finished? I want to watch. Please. I'm still waiting. Haven't seen nothing. Damn, he's got but other fat. than that. Other than that, bro. Like it's going to be a striking masterclass, my boy. This is this is this is this is the thing that a lot of people are getting. He is a high high level Muay Thai striker. And it's the thing, Justin Gaethje has amazing kicks, super fast kicks, and he checks them very nice as well, right? But it's not better than Fazee's, bro. And I'm not even a huge Fazee fan, but I respect a high-level striker. And I believe he's going to be – this is a guy that's upcoming in the rankings, bro, and he's finally going to prove it on a guy that a lot of people think that he's going to get steamrolled too. I see – I get your point of view, but both of them have shit gas tanks. Both of them are fucking dogs. And Fazee can weather out that fucking storm, bro. I promise we'll you this thing will hit the third round. It's going to we'll be see. a fight of the night barn burner. But well, I'm Max, going for Fazee, baby. Max, we're riding. Max, me and you are fucking riding. I got a question, yeah. though, real quick. I got a question, though, regarding Justin Gaethje, because I ask a lot of people, and I haven't asked you guys yet. It's just going to be a little, real quick poll. You guys watch Khabib 
versus Justin Gaethje. It went two rounds, well, one and a half rounds. Who did you guys think won the first round? Max, who you who did you think won the first round? Did you watch it? And if you yeah, watched probably, it, probably could be. I thought. Ro, who did you have won in the first round? For who was that? Miss who you said? Uh, Justin Gaethje versus Khabib. Man, I was working. Like, I never rewatched the fight because I was so, so okay. sad. Okay. If you get yeah, hey, if, if you get the chance, rewatch. I mean, it. dude, this is a long time ago, so I'm 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 saying Khabib. As I went on break, the fight ended. This is not like you probably. Matt, yeah, Max, Max, you don't have to include this in the pod. This is just for my personal gain. No, I'll, I'll, I'll put in the pod. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Alex. Oh, also, Alex, Gaethje live is is live as a knockout bet, as a prop bet. Get that? Yeah, that's dude. <laughs> I would do that. Well, Alex, who did who did who, who did Alex? Who did you think in the Khabib and and Gaethje fight? Who do you think won the first round? Yeah. Um. Didn't Habib outstrike Justin Gaethje in the first round? Kind of. Yeah, he like. So he, I think he landed like he landed like five or six more strikes. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, I think yeah, I, in my opinion, I think Habib like edged out that first round, but it was close. Like, because I was so surprised that he was like landing on Gaethje the way that yeah. he was. Okay, um, so my question, my question is again, this is for my own personal gain. At this point in time, when this fight took place, the whole like rule change where like damn—I mean, damage has always been most important. But what like where the um, unified mixed martial arts rules was like damage is more important than anything. Like damage is fucking number one. Justin Gaethje was crushing, fucking crushing Habib's legs. Like mm-hmm. Habib said that if it had gone on much longer. Like, if Justin kept standing and landing on his legs, he would have crumbled. Justin was crushing his fucking legs in that first round, killing his fucking legs. Yeah. And so many fucking people underrate leg kicks, and I hate it. But anyway, yeah. that's what that's what I wanted to ask, and that's why, like, I'm kind of high <laughs> on Gaethje in this one because, like, leg kicks are so fucking important. And, like, Fazeev has decent leg kicks and has decent leg kick defense. He has and great legs. They're great. They're not yeah, and decent, like and I, great. and I scored and I scored I scored that first round for Gaethje watching the live. I scored around that round for Gaethje because Habib, if you watch it, Habib had the forward pressure. And if you're if you're a casual, just going off of what you like, and I'm not like saying you guys are casuals, but if you're going off of just like anybody could rate it. Habib won that round off of pressure. That's why he won the round. Because yeah. Gaethje never took a step forward. Gaethje never took a step forward. But if you watch it with the sound off and the eyes of me, I guess, like just me maybe, Gaethje won that round because of damage. Like just because when Habib was pressing forward, what did you have? Fucking that fucking shin to the fucking muscle, dude. The whole time. And Habib said, I didn't like that shit. Again, and that was before Habib said that shit. But anyway, this is just for my own gain. You don't have to include it. But that is where I'm at also because mm. even Charles didn't like the – like Charles got tagged by a couple, didn't like the fucking leg kicks. Dustin Poirier, yeah. who's the king of fucking calf kicks, 
didn't like Justin Gaethje's like kicks. Did you see you the know. picture Dustin Poirier posted after the fight of the bruises on his legs from from Gaethje's kicks? And Dustin Poirier's the king of calf kicks, and he had bro, nasty that shit was nuts. Shit. Yeah, yeah, dude. Mm. Dude, oh, man, I need that rematch in my fucking life so bad because the le- <laughs> like you're gonna have so you're gonna have fucking Justin, you're gonna have Justin Gacy, Jayski. Uh, sorry, I'm drunk. Justin Gacy's fucking calves are gonna be swollen all the shit, or not Justin Gate? Yeah, Justin Gacy's calves are gonna be swollen all the shit, and Dustin Poirier's thighs are gonna be fucking like bulges because. Dustin does the kit, does the leg, the calf kicks, and Justin does the full on fucking swinging fucking axe chops to the leg. Like he does the Jose Aldo fucking chops to the thigh. And I need that shit in my life because I fucking love leg kicks. Anyway, <laughs> Mac, I know what you want to move on to. Get to it, brother. Oh, you know, I mean, uh, so the last fight on that card is, uh, Edwards versus Usman, as we all know. Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman. Um, I've been torn on this one all week. Uh, I kind of finally decided, I guess, Usman is uh, minus 265. Edwards is plus 190. I'm going to go with Edwards. Uh, I, I got Leon. Um, the, only, the only reason is uh, – Tomorrow's old. He's coming off a loss almost a year later. Um, and a stat that was wild to me that I saw today that was champions that lose their belt and come back uh, immediately for a rematch are 3-11 and 11 in UFC history. So that's kind of interesting to me. But we'll see what happens. I don't know. We'll see. I got uh, Leon, though. What do you got, Knuckles? Oh, man. I'm going to try to keep it short. I get on these tangents. I'm going to try not to get on another one. I think Usman, uh, by decision, we saw in the last fight. The only path to victory for Leon in this fight for me is uh, leg kicks. Leg kicks open up takedowns. Usman's going to take him down. Usman's going to control unanimous decision. I'm not even going to say a finish because Usman's not a good submission threat. So I'm going to say Usman, unanimous decision. I'm going to say 49-46. I'm going to say Leon takes another round in this one. That's all I'm going to say. But you, Ro? I'm probably going to pick tomorrow. I uh I remember uh, a similar, maybe slightly similar fight, championship fight, um, Man Nunez, Leon Pena. I picked Nunez first. She lost, obviously. Then when Pena got the belt, started watching tough, started getting emotional. I was like, oh, she's gonna win. She's gonna defend the belt. She's her, you know. And uh, she lost. I picked Leon this t- uh, this last time. I I thought he was gonna upset Kamaru. Yeah, I'm not so blind that I think he's going to do that again. It was a head kick to come back and win, not a head kick to secure the win, you know? And uh, that's the part that he also doesn't move forward, and that's kind of a big issue. 
the 10 seconds he moved forward in the fight, he got the knockout. So if he, he figured that out and moves forward, then this is a win for him. But yeah, I don't think so. I think I think Leon is going to do so much better with this one. Um, Kamaru Usman's confidence has definitely been shot after that knockout. He he hasn't been slept out cold before. That does something to your mental, 100%. Leon Edwards is also having a home advantage, which is going to be fucking phenomenal. Uh, if Leon Edwards can... If if Leon Edwards can focus so much on stuffing these takedowns, because Leon Edwards is much better on the feet and can now strike Usman, then I can see Leon Edwards winning this fight. But if Usman is uh, gonna fucking wrestle fuck him, <laughs> like everyone else is, you know, thinking and everyone else is probably used to, then it could be Usman's night. But I think with all these factors, with Usman's confidence being shot, with how his knees are, uh, I think Leon Edwards, man, I honestly, Leon Edwards is going to take him down again this round in this fight. And, and I see him taking him down two or the third time. And call me crazy, but watch, it's going to happen. He took him down last time. People say it's a trip, but, hey, he got him down and he controlled that position. Um Trips are takedowns. Trips are takedowns. Trips are. No, I know. I know it is. That's what. That's what I'm getting at. Um, but I think Leon is going to do so much better, and he's going to shut a lot of people up. This one, I'm not saying he's going to fucking beat Usman unanimously. Nah, man, it's going to be a close ass fight. Super fucking close. And I just think it's going to show that he's going to prove to people that he is the champ. Oh yeah. Yeah, I hope so. We'll see, man. Yeah, it's gonna well, be a good ass see. card, good ass fight, good ass card. I mean, that's gonna be hey. a fun night. It's gonna be a fun day. But fucking, sleep, she all said. right, man. Let's fucking let's fucking finish this yeah. up. I just all wanted right. to grab a fucking drink, man. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. Um, uh. hell, yeah. Appreciate everybody uh, hopping on the podcast. Um, we're gonna, appreciate like I said, last episode, we're gonna try to get more consistent with it. We've been sick. Uh, I was sick. Alex was sick. We've all been sick. So we get more. We're gonna get more um, consistent with it. We've got uh, Rowan here as a guest this week. We appreciate him very much. Thank uh, you, buddy. Thank you, bro. Romelo Reyes on Twitter. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Knuckles, Alex, you got anything to say? Yeah, man. All I got to say is, Ro, thank you for joining us, man. Everybody follow this motherfucker on Twitter. Great takes. Great fucking dude. Um, Follow fucking my boy Alex. Follow my boy fucking Max. You know, we're all I got to say is, man, we're fucking out here. I love shit like this. I just love talking MMA, man. Drunk in the middle of fucking week. Talking Mm -hmm. about MMA. Getting ready to prepare for a fucking phenomenal fight card. We've had like fucking four fight cards in a row. We're spoiled. This is the best. This is the best fucking sport in the world, bar none. Like combat sports, combat sports in general. Best fucking sport in the world. I got my fucking best friends on this shit. Let's fucking go, man. Let's fucking go. Like doing a little fucking. I'm going to finish this beer off. 
Just for y'all, fucking probably like fourth beer. Let's go. Cheers, brothers. Ten like there's something. I, lo- I don't have a beer. Max, hey Max, it's all good, brother. Or Alex, it's all good. But thank y'all for coming, man. Um, bro, I appreciate you coming out here, man. You're a very knowledgeable guy, and I fucking love that shit. Um, we all click on this very nicely. I appreciate you having your uh, your beer here and you being high with this as well, brother. You know what I mean? And and it, uh, it's nice to have like-minded folk on here with us, right? And positive vibes, and that's the most important thing at the end of the day, being positive and talking great fights with great people. So everyone, stay beautiful, man. Keep being degenerates and enjoying these motherfucking fights because we got great ones coming and we're only going to get better at this fucking shit. So let's fucking enjoy it, brothers. I love all of you, man. Thank y'all for watching. Really? Um, It means the world to us. You guys have no idea. Hey, guys. Alex, everybody, let's say it. (laughs) Welcome to Bourbon and Bud MMA. Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yes, sir, baby. Let's but I appreciate go. y'all, man. Oh, yeah. Y'all have a great it, night, dog. Much love. Much love. Much love, y'all. Peace out, y'all. Peace. All right, see you guys. Hey, thanks, Ro. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, man. Oh, yeah. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Yes, sir, sure, man. Every day I spend my time drinking wine, feeling fine, waiting here to find the sign that I can understand. Yes, I am. So every day I spend my time drinking wine, feeling fine, waiting here to find the sign that I should take it slow. Yeah.